Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. After months of stalled negotiations, there is a little movement in Washington. President Joe Biden's ambitious agenda finally got a couple of big victories recently in Congress. The biggest development was the final passage of Biden's trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure package. Soon, billions upon billions of dollars for traditional infrastructure projects like roads, bridges, and underground water infrastructure are coming here to Michigan. But still up in the air is what will happen to Biden's even bigger social spending bill, which would include significant investments to combat climate change, as well as guarantee paid leave and universal preschool. But that has been moving forward as well with a final vote in the House. And now it's up to the Senate to take it up where Democrats Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona have been holding up negotiations for weeks. I think it's fair to say that the success, the potential success of the Biden administration really hinges on whether Democrats can hold together in the Senate and pass this legislation, which would really fundamentally change many aspects of American life. That's where we begin the conversation today with how we might expect things to turn out in Washington with regard to this massive, massive bill that would uh, invest in all kinds of things that we have underinvested in for decades. And here to talk about it all is someone who supports these measures, but who had to vote against the infrastructure package in the House for procedural reasons. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is a Democrat from Detroit who represents Michigan's 13th Congressional District. Congresswoman, welcome back to Detroit Today. No, thank you for having me. So I'm going to start here. I would love to have you explain your vote against the infrastructure package. As I said, there was a procedural question, uh, but I wonder also if you have questions or concerns about the content of these bills? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It's a, it was a promise uh, that was made to move both bills together because much of some of the poison pills in the infrastructure bill that increased, um, you know, dirty air, issues around uh, climate and uh, some of the other privatization and, and fossil fuel language uh, was combated in the Build Back Better. So I do want to talk about what I voted for. Uh, the most important vote that I had that evening was to move Bill Back Better forward, which is really the heart of President Biden's agenda and what he ran on. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, a lot of folks focus so much on, is this going to hurt the Democrats? How about, will it hurt our neighbors? Will it hurt our country? I mean, I think most, many of us want what I lovingly call the people's infrastructure, the Build Back Better, which is really incredibly important transformative investments to our community. I mean, you know, Michigan lost more black home ownership than any other state in the country. And this, in the Build Back Better, we invest a hundred and over $150 billion in housing. And not just any housing. We're talking about down payment assistance in a way that, again, is much more accessible than we've ever seen in the past. Home repair dollars for so many of my seniors that are forced to leave their homes because it's not, um, accessible anymore because of a disability and so much more. And then, of course, you know, Wayne County, hasn't met Clean Air Act standards in over 15 years. I mean, you talk about folks thinking 
you know, asking my frontline communities, Wayne County communities, asking them to choose between safe infrastructure and whether or not they are able to cl- get clean air or child care or paid leave or all the all all these other quality of life issues, it's grossly unfair that that evening they decided to separate the plan, separate the bills from each other. Uh, and I think that's, you know, what is critically important to understand. Many of us said you cannot just do one. You have to do move them both together as you promised the American people and as you promised many uh, folks like myself mm. who moved the infrastructure bill forward in the promise that we'd move Bill Back Better together because we know – the people that were pushing the fossil fuel investments in the infrastructure bill wanted to see this done without the really important people's infrastructure, you know, the, the prescription drug negotiations, the um, important investment in really investing in our electric vehicles. Because you all know, I mean, the infrastructure bill only had charging stations. And Stephen, charging stations are not going to get these vehicles off the line at a union you know, facility, American-made facility, you know, cars off the line and into people's driveways or in Mm. front of people's homes or in garages. It's the 12,900 tax rebate credit Mm. in the Build Back Better. So that's what I'm trying to really convey to people, how incredibly important it is to the people, to the American people, no party, but to the people. These are unbelievably important, massive investments, yes, but these are, this is our money being invested in us. We never, never, never say massive or all these things when we build that, you know, when we bailed out the banks, when we bailed out um, even the big three. I mean, all the things that we've done to lift up corporations in our country, this is our first time to ever do the same kind of bold investment in people. Hmm. So you said that you felt like you had to move these two things together, that it wouldn't work if you didn't do it that way. I, I completely understand that position, but we did get the infrastructure package passed, and now they are debating or going to debate in the Senate the passage of Build Back Better after the House has voted for it. So, are you are you skeptical still that Absolutely. this will happen? You don't think it will happen? Well, we 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 long we we had a long you know deal. I mean, this was a deal to pass both bills together, and the deal was broken, which makes Build Back Better uncertain. People know why. People knew that the leverage that we had was the infrastructure bill because the people that are holding up Build Back Better, the ones that are pushing back against negotiations of pharmaceutical industry, which I mean would be massive change of quality of life for people that are diabetic in our country and so much more. Uh, the folks that really want to combat climate, right? The, the, what you saw in infrastructure was $25 billion in fossil fuel investment. Again, I'm not saying it was, um, it, it obviously needed to move forward because there were some great measures in there mixed with the poison pills, but Build Back Better combated some of those poison pills in a way that I thought very much so at least touches people's lives in a positive way. So I've stayed consistent in that. And what I now see is that, you know, Build Back Better now uh, will go to the same Senate uh, that continued to water it down in the first place, taking out the pharmaceutical uh, negotiations, taking out paid leave. I mean, I have, I have Democratic colleagues questioning whether or not we need paid leave, even though it's overwhelmingly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reduced... Um, the $30 billion, because we need about $45 billion to about $60 billion to remove all lead service lines. You know, this talk that we move all lead service lines with $15 billion is, is inaccurate. 
all everyone knows we need about 45 to 60 billion dollars. And of course, we know many of the investments is a start, but we, we can't mislead the American people in understanding and build back better. We had 30 billion. It's down now to nine billion dollars. So we know that there are folks in the Senate that lean towards corporations versus people. And that's why moving the infrastructure bill without moving Build Back Better um, in, a, in a way where we have the promises of the Senate moving forward, uh, I think jeopardizes the impact that Build Back Better can have. Because, again, we went from $6 trillion down to $3.5 trillion down mm-hmm. to $1.7 trillion that I really don't know. And every time the money you know, gets dropped, and I want focus, uh, folks to focus on the fact that economists say this kind of investment actually does address the high cost of living, actually addresses the issues regarding local economies that people are struggling. These are economists and treasurers of former presidents and everyone who said Build Back Better has a more positive impact on our economy um, than even the infrastructure bill. So so I, I want to talk just a little more about this tension between the progressive members of the Democratic caucus uh, in, in, the, in the Congress and the people that you say uh, are characterized now as as leaning toward corporate interests. These are Democrats. Joe Manchin is a Democrat. Kirsten Sinema is a Democrat. They're very different Democrats from Rashida Tlaib or uh, AOC, but they are both part of the same party. And the voters they represent put them in office on the same party that that you guys have why why is it um uh, why is it illegitimate i guess for them to say that their democratic voters don't want these things as much or they don't want them to be as big as you and your voters do and that the why the way to 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 get something done is to compromise to figure out a way that you can get some of what you want and they can get some of what they want and then the country gets a bill. Why isn't that just the way things you know, work? Yeah, go I, ahead. I know, and it's over, sometimes it's oversimplified, right? Look, these isms that are tagged on to so-called you know, members and so forth is distracting because one thing that separates the folks that held the line versus those that move forward is many of us, including Cinema Mansion and others, and we don't, we, not Mansion, we don't take corporate PAC money. That, that's the biggest difference. So understand this, the infrastructure bill was written by the fossil fuel industry with these so-called bipartisan group of 10 or so forth. And for us, you know, we're coming to a district that doesn't have any time uh, in addressing air quality and so forth. So, you know, when I go to go to someone like Senator Manchin and others and say, look, roads don't fix, they don't cure cancer. Bridges don't fix childhood asthma. Making frontline communities choose between safe infrastructure and environmental protections is grossly unfair. But that's exactly what Biff did. So the gutting the National Environmental Protection Act, uh, the law that requires environmental impact studies for big projects, Stephen, you know, ones that end up in my district, not his, mine. Um, and Biff puts, you know, communities that bear the burden of fossil fuel infrastructure in harm's way even more. And so we, we need to understand that there are folks like myself that will go to the Build Back Better Coalition, and these are the mm-hmm. folks like Mothering Justice and We the People and uh, the People's Water Board and others that have been working on these issues that are made up of residents and people. 
where I think many of my other colleagues, and I call them corporate Dems. I mean, these are corporate Democrats that rely heavily in getting reelected, not by people, but by the money that's being invested, and some of it is dark money, and being invested in their states to get them reelected. Now, you know that I have the third poorest congressional district in the country. What's disappointing is West Virginia is one of the poorest states in the country. And so I'm, I'm always taken aback by how, you know, colleagues that can have communities that right now can't even, you know, they can't survive. Um, they're not even living check by check. They're literally getting in debt. Every, the more they work, the more they get in debt uh, because of child care costs, because of the other high cost of utilities and so much more. And so, Stephen, it's really hard to, to, to answer questions when, I, when I'm seeing this. Again, I'm a new member coming and this my, going on my third three and a half years now. And I'm looking at this, and I can see that changes are being done to protect the corporations that are the people. And I think a lot of my colleagues hope and pray that folks at home will never find out about it. Hmm. I'm talking with Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat from right here in Detroit. She represents uh, Michigan's 13th Congressional District in Washington. We're talking about the passage of President Joe Biden's infrastructure package a few weeks ago and the debate over the Build Back Better social spending bill, which is still taking place in the Capitol. The House did manage to pass it this week, but uh, it faces a pretty tough hurdle in the Senate where some middle of the road or even maybe conservative Democratic senators are kind of standing in the way and saying that uh, they're not quite sure about that. We'd love to hear from you during the conversation as well. Are you excited or hopeful about the infrastructure bill? What do you think about this compromise that was made to pass that bill on its own and then to talk separately about the social spending plan? Do you think that's going to work? Or do you think that what we'll end up with is watered down versions of both bills that won't make the difference that they should in uh, our country? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, I want to go to Peter in Detroit up first here. Uh, Peter, what's on your mind? Rashida, thanks so much for being a spokesperson and organizer for the people in your district and being a tribune for the people nationally in terms of what the real issues are out there. I'm wondering if you could speak to the pressure that you and all of us are going to be under in 2022 to tack back towards the middle and compromise for the midterm elections and how you think uh, advocating in the way you're advocating now for Build Back Better is going to help stake out territory for you and the squad to be able to hold firm on the avalanche that we're going to experience going into the midterm elections in terms of having to ally with corporate Democrats. Great yeah, question, have, Peter. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Rashida. Question. Yeah, and I, I want folks to know, you know, there was so much uh, compromise already being done that uh, myself and many that they call us, whatever labels they group us up together, you know, we we moved the infrastructure bill. They would have never been able to move it, move the rule to move that bill onto the House floor without our support. And we did it in a promise that they would move the bill back better, the people's infrastructure, the, the, the human infrastructure that is needed. You know, and Democrats have put their faith in people who have 
you know, repeatedly expressed a desire to cut the Build Back Better down or kill it altogether. And, you know, that is going to jeopardize the faith that folks have, the American people have in us. You know, we've compromised from down to $1.7 trillion. I mean, again, when I say that, it's not the dollar amount, y'all. It's, it's the fact that instead of, you know, this many drugs that we're going to negotiate, it's down now to, to only a handful, right? Or uh, now even paid leave has um, changed in a way that it doesn't encompass uh, a lot. It actually leaves a lot of my folks out. And, and for me, though, it's a pathway, right? It's a pathway to get these done uh, and, and changed and fixed so that it is equitable in the future. But what my residents and what I continue to hear from them is this sense of urgency. They continue to be given, here, here's Internet. We'll do voting rights later. Here, just take the Internet for now. Or, hey, we'll fix the pothole, but hey, sorry, but you know what? Marathon and Stellanus is going to continue getting air, you know, violations. Sorry about that. I know you're going to get all this public health impact. You know, probably we're going to have to pay the cost of that uh, because you're underinsured or you don't have insurance at all. But hey, you get that pothole fix. Hmm. Continue to, to to message that as some sort of progress for my residents. They've already they've taken too much. They've they passed all of the poverty. Breathe in dirty air to vote for President Biden. I saw it. They, they came through communities that have been neglected when it came to stability of housing, to uh, parks that haven't been invested in, things that would really better not only the quality of life, but air and, and joy, bringing joy back to people's lives. And so I just really think that it is important to push back on this, what we did this, this, this is great. And, and I'm not saying, you know, folks think it's great. That's fine. But in districts like myself, mine, where overwhelmingly, if you get them to come out to vote, and I saw it when President Biden uh, ran, you know, the increase of 3% here. And so when you can get them to believe in the possibility of better, they will come out and support you. They will come out and believe in you because they want to be hopeful. Because for them, it's not, President Biden is not the destination. It's the door. It's the door to the possibility of better. And if the door looks like it's getting closed and creeped up or maybe the door is only open for some, then you're going to lose people and being inspired to come out in 2022. You know, the emphasis to constantly focus on those. And let me tell you, there's a class of those folks that I continue to hear them trying to message for. Those folks are not going to be with us. These are the folks that, you know, continue to gaslight people on the pandemic, mm. continue to, you know, show up in areas that, you know, demonize the school boards and so much more. That's not who we need to be talking to. We need to be talking to those that truly still believe in our democracy, that want to see the Voting Rights Act pass and that be protected and cherished in our country. They want to see better air quality. And, you know, again, all of these folks came because he, he said, we're going to do something about child care. We're going to do something about the fact that so many women have left the workplace. We're going to do something about, you know, the issue of climate uh, in a way that is meaningful. And so we, we have to remember uh, these are overwhelmingly popular around the country, Democrats, Republicans, everyone. This is the kind of thing, if it's not prescription drugs, y'all, it is the issue around um you know, uh, expanding like child tax credits, paid leave. Again, these are overwhelmingly popular American policies, uh, not a certain party 
uh, policy. It, it really, truly is something I'm taken aback by how many folks in my like Western Wayne community come up to me that are Republicans telling me, please do something about prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Good hey. morning, Congresswoman. Uh, I wonder if she could detail some of the things in the Triple B bill that uh, concern affordable housing. Great question, Gene. Uh, can you talk just a little about affordable housing and, and what kind of boost it might get from this bill? Yeah. And, you know, and I want folks to know, you know, Chairwoman uh, Maxine Waters, from day one, uh, when they, housing wasn't in the it wasn't even discussed as a so-called infrastructure, she said, nope, housing is infrastructure. You know, and, and she was able to get, uh, you know, leadership to agree on that. And then so at the final, what passed the, uh, the House of Representatives side, uh, Bill Back Better is about $151 billion towards affordable housing. That includes about $65 billion to repair the nation's public housing, um, preserving and improving about 500,000 public housing units specifically, and then making public housing, um, you know, safer and healthier for billion, millions of residents. And there is also my Restoring Local Communities Act bill that is about, it was $7 billion, now they're down to about $3 billion that would go towards um, home repair dollars. So one of the key things I hear from many of my residents is, you know, these beautiful older homes are now uh, really uh, unaffordable to maintain. And some of my seasoned residents have become disabled or need accessibility to the bathroom or even their, their front of their house or the back of the house. And so there is now money to help people stay in their homes. You know, we've invested so much in the last decade, y'all, in tearing down demolition uh, homes. Here you see an emphasis on building up and creating more accessibility to homes. And so that's why I'm really excited. This is the largest investment we've seen on housing in a very long time. Okay, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, it's always great to have you here to talk about these things. Uh, Quickly, do you really believe that we won't get a Build Back Better bill through the Senate at this point? Well, I, you know, I'm going to continue being hopeful and folks that work with me closely know I'm hopeful. I'm just cautious. Yeah. Because I, I can't go home and uh, tell my residents it's going to happen when all I've seen is an attempt to kill this bill altogether. Uh, and so I, I want, you know, residents and others to know there are so many of my colleagues in all spectrums, even those that take corporate PAC money, that know that this is one of the most critical things that we can do for our country is to address some of these broken systems and the way we do it through is build back better. I mean, I... I can't emphasize to you all, it's not just like 100 or 200 or 300. It's like millions of children will be positively impacted by extending the Biden child tax credit. I mean, 35 million families impacted by it. You know, we're creating a huge civilian climate core, $20 billion in that, that really takes our young people to help address. We're going to pay them (laughs) to uh, address the threat of climate change uh, and really um, get ready, uh, I think, for, you know, really continued hard, um, you know, seasons coming, uh, you know, I don't care if it's the folks in the West Side and the fires, but even here with the continued high um, number of uh, incidents of flooding and so much more. But, you know, we, we're going to get there together. And I'm a true believer, Stephen, uh, something Grace Lee Boggs used to say to all of us young people in Detroit, 
that, you know, change doesn't happen with who's in Congress or who's in the White House. It always happened when the consciousness on the ground is risen. Like, so if we, the streets, the community, the grassroots groups on the ground, the residents, if they continue to demand it, it will happen. So that's what gives me faith is that we, we will make it happen. That's how the Civil Rights Act happened. That's how we were able to organize uh, unions uh, in the workplace. It wasn't because of, again, who was elected. It was because the communities across the country um, demanded it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Rashida Tlaib, great to have you here. Thanks so much, and have a great holiday. You too. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to switch topics a little bit here. We're going to talk about COVID case numbers and hospitalizations that are skyrocketing just as people are getting ready to travel and gather for the Thanksgiving holiday. We're going to hear from a University of Michigan public health expert about what we should know this week to protect ourselves and our families. And we want to hear from you. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? And what are you doing to make sure that everyone stays safe? 313-577-1019 is always the number here on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.